Quarter life crisis. I'm 25 years old and I don't even have a guess to the answers to life's big questions. I am the definition of lost. And furthermore, I was actually physically lost and stumbling around a city. So at that given time, I had no idea what I was going to do for a living, but photography is the trade that I picked up while I was in college to pay my way through college. And of course, thereafter, when I couldn't find a job, it ended up being a thing that I continued to do just to stay alive and keep afloat. My living situation as a result was in flux and my romantic situation was even more confusing at that current time, I was seeing somebody whom held a candle for me, held a torch for me for years and begged me to give them a shot. And eventually after a night at a club, I was like, okay, fine. Like you're so persistent and there's maybe something between us. So let's see what this is. So I lean into this person only for them. As soon as I made that attachment to start leaning back. And now there I was thirsting after somebody I wasn't even attracted to, to begin with. So I'm on this job where I was basically a freelancer in a city in Canada, photographing the culture there. It's not something I was passionate about. It's not something that I was interested in. And I for damn sure did not want to be in that given city. And to boot, my project manager was someone that I found highly annoying. So I'm lonely and I'm desperate and I'm confused and I'm on this stupid ass job. And I said to myself, the very least that I could do is try to make this situation a little bit less annoying. I'm going to not just photograph the culture here. I'm going to photograph the hot dudes here. That's what's going to make this time more fun. So all throughout the day, if I saw somebody at a fish market or walking by or at a skate park, I would just say, can I snap a picture of you? I'm doing this project, yada, yada, yada. So we're walking by and there is a person I see from afar who is perfect for me to shoot my shot. Not like actually, but like shoot an actual picture. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take this guy's picture. But he also sees me and I can see that he's decided something about me too. And it feels like stepping into a hot tub after being in the freezing cold. It's the best way I can describe that moment between us. And lo and behold, as fate would have it, That person had stopped walking. I think they had stopped at a magazine stand or something, but they were basically like 10 paces behind me. So I turned, I do the walk, and then I give the speech I'd been giving all day about the project that I was working on, and uh, I asked to take a picture. And that person said to me, you can take a picture of me, but only if I can take you out tonight. Obviously. So I get back to the hostel that we were staying at or some Airbnb, but it's kind of pre-Airbnb. I don't know how we found this place, but I get back there and I send an email to my best friend with the subject line, I met my person, I met my husband today. And when I wrote that subject line, I didn't realize that I wasn't reflecting on my fate. I was forcing it. And that forcing defied all logic. To be clear, this is a person who I had an on and off connection with for well over five years. But in that time, we never officially dated. We never lived together. We never even had sex. And that irrational belief led me to getting dragged online in the most embarrassing way that I ever have. Um, It led me to getting called out in a next relationship for emotionally cheating, even though I wasn't even speaking to that person at the time. And then down the line, years later, when that person reemerged, I was still so caught up that I was willing to throw away my relationship with Jared to see and pursue this thing. That's how strong of a hold that moment had on me. And that is why I wanna talk about the dangers and the truth 
of Love at First Sight on this episode of Lovers and Friends. Lovers and Friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, Lovers and Friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, Hi, lovers and friends. In this episode, I want to break down what I know about knowing someone is the one before you know their phone number or their true character. Now, this is not to knock anybody who has found their partner this way because culturally, a lot of us subscribe to the importance of instant attraction, even if we don't think that we do. But instead, I want to provide everyone with some knowledge that I wish I had before letting love at first sight lead me in directions that I ultimately wasn't trying to go. So love at first sight is a global phenomenon, meaning no matter where you go, there it is in different languages, stories, and beliefs. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's valid though, because you know what else is a global phenomenon? Zombies. Zombies defy religion, language, and location. And psychologists actually believe that zombies are cross-culturally popular because they serve as a consolidated representation of humans' worst fears of the relationship between life, death, and life after death. Or death with no life. Anyways, zombie rant aside, in this episode, I want to explore love at first sight with you by analyzing the million dollar question and not the obvious question, you know, is love at first sight real or not? Because most of us have experienced it and thus it's been real to us, but instead the truly important question. And that is, is this concept useful in our ultimate quest to find our person? Sometimes I get to tell you guys about cool products and services and give you a code. And then there's other times that I am just excited to work with a product because I want to use the code for my damn self. And this is one of those times. Meet Blissey, the award-winning 100% mulberry silk pillowcase. If you don't know, silk is what is best for your hair and your skin. It reduces frizz, tangles, and prevents breakage. That is because it keeps the moisture in your hair and keeps your skincare products and natural moisture on your skin while cotton literally absorbs it all off your face. So you could say goodbye to wrinkles, dry, flaky, and red skin in the morning and wake up with healthier and shinier hair. Plus, Blissey's pillowcases regulate temperature, keeping you cool at night. It's hypoallergenic and they're machine washable and durable. So Blissey sent me one pillowcase to try and I'm using my code to buy the entire family and actually my niece one too. They make incredible gifts. They have over 1 million raving fans and you could be next. Try Blissey risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com lovers and get an additional 30% off. We will get that. I'm getting it too. That's at blissey.com, B-L-I-S-S-Y.com slash lovers to get 30% off your skin and your hair. And if you give it as a gift, your gift receiver will thank you. Okay, let's start by defining love at first sight. So primary attraction is what happens when you see someone and you instantly feel attracted to them. Now, this could be because that person is hot. Maybe they're powerful or because they're familiar to you, even if on a subconscious level. And unless you're under the asexual umbrella, you probably experience, like me, primary attraction pretty often, especially now that we have increased exposure to people through social media. And most of the time that we experience this, we have the thought, I'm attracted to that person. Then we might experience the rush of emotions associated with that attraction on a micro level, and then we likely just move on. 
The love at first sight phenomenon, however, occurs when we experience primary attraction at the same time when our object of desire is experiencing it too. Now, a lot of us don't identify with being good at knowing if someone likes us or not, but biologically, you have some built-in ability to pick up on IOIs. So let me paint a picture for you. You are out at a bar and you see someone across the room and you think, there's something about that person that I'm drawn to. And then that person looks up and sees you too. And instead of looking away instantly, you hold each other's gaze for a nanosecond longer than you usually would. It leaves you with a feeling and it leaves you with a question. Was that something? Was that a moment? Now subconsciously, your brain has tuned into that person and they are trying to pick up on IOIs, AKA indicators of interest, dilated pupils, that person's pelvis pointing towards you, that person infiltrating your bubble, just being around your center at all times. Even if you don't talk, you just notice that magnetically you seem to always be positioning towards each other like compasses to magnets. And then if you actually do talk to that person, is their speech a little bit more rapid? Are they grooming themselves while they're talking to you? Do they have dilated pupils? Are they looking at you a little longer? So essentially, love at first sight is identifiable mutual primary attraction at first sight. Another way of thinking about this is through analyzing the two ways that our brains are set up to make decisions. There is fast system one thinking, meaning I know, therefore I think. Then there is slow, AKA system two thinking, meaning I think, then I think some more, then I go through a discovery period, and then eventually I think I know. So if we're having a conversation about logic when it comes to finding love, of course it makes more sense to use system two, but that's not exactly how biology and our culture sets us up to meet romantic partners. Now today, the number one way in which we find people is, you guessed it, online. And when you think about the structure of the most popular dating apps, no, 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 hell no. Yes. No, no. In the stories around meeting people that we cherish the most in our society, you can see how our culture encourages people to rely almost solely on system one thinking when it comes to dating. What is your act, Mr. Carlisle? I don't have an act. Everyone's got an act. Keep in mind that your brain is a machine built to jump to conclusions. You have to make millions of decisions all day long, most of them on a subconscious level. And that is why your brain loves to do things fast and efficiently. And that also applies when it comes to mating. And because your brain has to make so many decisions, one of its least favorite activities is going back and re-deciding something after it's already made a judgment. Evidence of this is in a theory called the halo effect, which basically states the sequence in which we learn about people really matters to how we feel about people in the long term. Long story short, first impressions really count. So if I meet you and I think to myself, you are a really nice and special person, even if I start to see and learn things about you that don't support that case, because I already decided you're a good person, I'm going to try to make excuses for you. Furthermore, I might let you go through a can do no wrong period. And further, furthermore, I'm going to give you so many more opportunities to redeem yourself beyond what you've actually earned. This is important to note because in essence, this is reverse discrimination. And when we really think about it, is love at first sight really all that different from discrimination? I knew I loved you before I met you. 
if love at first sight is heavily based on primary attraction, is the experience rooted in social bias? Now, we tend to think of personal preferences as just that, but we have to also take into account that these preferences are often connected to a broader political system that ranks people according to their skin color, body weight, and ability based on social norms. Because our social norms dictate which bodies and appearances are considered attractive and worthy of love. And those that are not part of that preferential group are often marginalized, fetishized, and expected to be grateful for any attention. And I know none of us want to own up to being any of the ickiests, but we do have to acknowledge that hearing the messages that we do all day long in our culture and see all day long visually, whether we are aware of it or not, our fast, unchecked thinking systems probably hold on to biases that are harmful and exclusionary. Popping in for an ad break so you get some time to chew on that food for thought. And also I wanna tell you about Babbel. So summer is finally on its way. And if you have an upcoming trip, my go-to travel hack is Babbel. Whether you're seasoned or you're embarking on your first adventure, this is an amazing way to experience a new culture. And Babbel is a perfect learning app to help get you there. They've sold more than 10 million subscriptions and that is all thanks to their fun and easy bite-sized language lessons. And there is still time to learn a new language before you leave or if you don't plan on going anywhere, take your mind on a little vacation. And it's only gonna take you 10 minutes a day to complete a lesson that might allow you to start having a real life conversation in as little as three weeks. Babbel's lessons were created by over 150 language experts and they are voiced by real native speakers, not by computers. There's so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to the bite-sized fun lessons, you can also access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes so you can practice. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't find yourself using it, you can lose it with no cost. You guys know that I have been learning Spanish at Babbel. Que vas a aprender tú? Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash lovers. That is B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash lovers to get up to 55% off your subscription for language for life with Babbel. This year, I am going to Toronto for Carabana, a cultural festival that happens in the first weekend of August. And my entire life, I have gone to Carabana, but it held muy importance to me. That's me speaking Spanish, guys. Uh, during my teen years, because this is predating social media. So this was like your real, this was the dating app. Carabana was the dating app weekend where you go out and see a bunch of people, collect a bunch of phone numbers, and that would lead you into cuffing season. So... I was on the hunt for some romantic prospects uh, back in my day. And there was this dude whom I had that lightning bolt connection with. We were jumping and waving. We were up in the parade. I was walking. He was brucking. We were walking. We walked by each other. And then we both turned back. We lock eyes. We know it's on. There's something there. I give that person my phone number and which I probably gave my phone number out maybe six, seven times a day. Like I said, this is like all of Tinder consolidated into one weekend back in the day. And that was the one person that I really, rem even to this day, I can think back on that precise moment. I see glitter, I see yellow, I see sun. I feel the warmth of that stare. Funny, interestingly enough, I call this person, we have a conversation. I didn't really hear their voice that day. There were speakers, there was music, whatever's clever. But I call and we make a plan to meet up with each other. 
I am so excited because of that moment that we had, that feeling that we I experienced when I first saw them. And I prioritize this meetup over all the other numbers. So I get myself looking cute, looking ready, feeling excited. And then I show up at Burger King, which was our date destination. And I wait for this guy that I saw in the parade to emerge. And then he walks up to me and says like, hi, Shannon. There was no way that this guy was the same person that I walked by at the parade that day. However, it all happened so fast that I can't really confirm that. And because this is predating Catfish, the only way that this story makes sense is if I walked by somebody and that person gave my number to their friend or something of a sort. All I know is I'm pretty sure this is not the person, but I had gotten so hype off of that moment and I got so worked up and excited for this meeting that I was willing to forego the fact that this likely is a complete stranger who has now shown up and I have to invest my time in them and I've already invested romantic energy in them. That ended up being somebody that I dated on and off for eight years. <laughs> That's how powerful this shit is. That weird story aside, a lot of you might be listening, thinking to yourself, well, physical attraction is pretty important when it comes to finding and keeping love. So is it so bad to allow system one to make this decision for you? And you're right. Along with reciprocity, similarity, and proximity, physical attractiveness is extremely important when it comes to forming passionate love. You know, the like butterflies in your stomach, rush of adrenaline, hang up, no, you hang up phase. But when it comes to long-term commitment, it's not necessarily as important. Research shows that when it comes to maintaining long-term love, similarities in values, education, interests, and goals are much more important. I actually couldn't find any studies that support the notion that instant attraction results in long-term relationship satisfaction, but there are some that support the fact that it can keep people together for a very long time. And that's not a bad thing. You know, everybody wants to keep the passion and the fire alive. And if you are in a situation where it burns so bright in the beginning that you feel the blaze and the warmth between you for a long period of time after, but it's also a cautionary tale to keep in mind because if fire is what holds people together, you have to also keep in mind the lesson that we all learned as toddlers. That bitch can get blown out. Now, there are some ways in which relying on love at first sight can be practical, logical, and successful. For example, when it comes to assessing whether or not somebody would be a good person to have children with, we are built and designed to look at people and assess for cues of health. And so you might be naturally drawn to people who are more likely to help you achieve that goal. I think that kind of gets muddy a little bit now because of the fact that we have makeup and plastic surgery um, and other things people can utilize to mask internal health problems so they don't show up externally. Anyways, aside from that, Another way that love at first sight can actually be useful is if you employ control strategies in where you look. And so there was a really great study that actually referenced all studies I'm talking about, I'll reference below in the show notes. But there was one in particular that said that people could make fast, accurate first impressions if they were really particular about the environments in which they looked. So if you love the idea 
of seeing and feeling, you have to be very particular about where you are looking. And then also you have to be even more particular about how you want to feel, not just in the moment, but over a long period of time, once you find that thing. I was so deeply, intensely attracted to my man. The first time I saw him, he was leading ministry um, at a church event, which is, you know, we're both very spiritual and that was so attractive to me. We were in college and I was super young at the time. He was four years older than me. And I was just so intensely attracted to him. And then when he opened his mouth, I was even more attracted to him. And that day when I first met him, I was so intrigued by him and I just wanted to be in his presence and no more. And we never got involved romantically, but fast forward to 10 years later, we're in a committed relationship and I'm so in love with him. And I always say, like I knew from the first time I saw him. Popping in for an ad break. And although April is almost over, let's show some love to it because this month is Earth Month. And HelloFresh is always committed to a cleaner planet. On average, HelloFresh meals have a 31% lower carbon footprint than the same meals made from supermarket ingredients. Plus, nearly all HelloFresh packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the U.S. Good food is way too precious to waste. And HelloFresh is pre-proportioned ingredients, which helps you to cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet. And of course, good for the planet. So I recently made the chicken over garlic Parmesan spaghetti with Ryu for my family. And it was a huge hit, guys. Ah! What are we going to make? We're going to make... Hello Fresh Chicken Over Garlic Parmesan Spaghetti. Yeah. Adjust the rack position and preheat oven to 400 degrees. Eat your tomato, eat your tomato. Look how that's hot. Yeah, that's hot, baby. What do you think? We did good? Look how. Be a hit with your tummy, with your family and with the planet at hellofresh.com slash lovers50 and use the code lovers50 for 50% off plus free shipping. There is a reason why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit and the favorite meal kit of my family. So go and try it for yourself. Go to hellofresh.com slash lovers50 and use code lovers50 for 50% off plus free shipping. So easy, so convenient, so delicious. Literally. When I was in high school, my particular school hosted a basketball tournament every single January, which brought not just the schools in our district, but in like neighboring districts around. And year after year, we would go to this tournament because we knew this guy would be here. This guy was fine, 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 fine. Years later, when I was out of high school, I randomly reconnected with that person and they remembered me and that shocked the hell out of me. We had both had an attraction to each other and he looked forward to seeing me at these games as well, even though I thought that we were worlds apart. And I ended up moving in with that person and falling in love with that person and talking about starting a family, even talking about marriage with that person. And it would have been so magical if it wasn't the worst fucking relationship of all time. 
But let me tell you something. Every single time that people ask the story, which they do ask the story pretty often, how do you guys meet? Woof! Did we have a killer response? So the final thought starter that I want to run by you when it comes to thinking about love at first sight more critically is the confabulated memory theory. Because some researchers actually believe that this accounts for a lot of why love at first sight is still promoted today, despite our awareness of its dangers. We have to always remember that love isn't just personal, it's social. And I've gotten trouble for saying this multiple times when I discussed the fact that I only got married for the social benefits, not for the personal ones. Jared and I didn't need to be called husband and wife to treat each other like life partners, but we definitely benefited from having the title socially. And if you can accept the fact that a large portion of what drives us to love has to do with social acceptance and social ranking, then you could pick up what I'm about to put down next. We might be encouraged to stay in relationships when the story of how we met is really good because we benefit socially from telling that story. And when you can acknowledge that you are prioritizing your remembering self rather than your experiencing self, you can start to make some really important shifts. I saw him in the mall. I looked at my friend. I said, I think that that's my husband. Um, I walked up to him. He was kind of on the phone, but he had stopped. And I asked him, "Where do you know where the bathroom is? And I heard that he kind of had an accent and asked where he was from. And then I just said, do you have a girlfriend? And he was like, nope. And put my number in his phone. And we spent every weekend together over the past year. And to this day, we still are seeing each other um things did get a little bit more complicated but i still have a lot of love for him and i do think that we will get married so i went to the club with a group of friends and one by one they all dropped out they all wanted to go home and i did not um so i just stayed and danced by myself danced with random other people I was having one of the best nights of my life and Throughout the night, I noticed a guy staring at me from a distance. Later, I'm dancing with this other guy, and the staring guy is now close to me, and he's basically standing right in front of me, looking straight at me. He asked me to dance. It's so hard to describe what this whole thing felt like, but for whatever reason, I just felt completely trusting of him in that moment of wherever he was about to take me it felt like he was my lover before and we had come back together somehow it did not last long term it lasted nine months which it was very very painful and it took me a long time to reconcile the fact that we weren't going to be together. I met this guy in the club. He had been staring at me from a distance throughout the night. And eventually he made his way to me. And like 45 seconds into us dancing, it, we looked at each other and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And we fell in love at first sight. And yeah, we were just together pretty much automatically. And 
I didn't know him. I had to get to know him over the course of the period of time that we were together. Um, and I learned that he was extremely um, avoidant. <laughs> And he ended up leaving me very abruptly. I absolutely believe it first, love at first sight when I think of it. I am absolutely Disney princess. I'll see him. My leg will kick up. My eyes will twinkle. And I'll know. I'll just see him and I'll know. It was an intense infatuation at first swipe. And when I met her in person for our first day, I saw her and I knew I would love her. And I do want to bold and underline that line. There is no right way to find yourself in your greatest love story. I think despite how you come to it, you should continue to think about it critically and insightfully. And hopefully this episode provided you with some insight or just some really interesting stories. That's all. Have a great week, lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. Oh, wait one second. Run that back. Rate and view the podcast, please. We've been stuck in the 4,000s for quite a while. There's a few of you out there who have yet to do it. And um, I see you. I literally do. I can like actually see you right now. And I think that you've got a moment to just go press some buttons. That's all I'm asking for. Let me actually read some. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to read some because I, I think it helps. Maybe it doesn't, but I'm going to highlight the students in the class who are doing their work. So those who are not feel guilty and as a result, go and do it. That's my strategy. First of all, you miserable shrew shamboodram, there is 5,000 ratings on Apple. Be grateful, be aware, thank you. I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus when you guys have been rallying around me. 5,000 of you have done this. That means a lot. I really, really appreciate you. Still putting pressure on those who haven't, but I do want to big up the people who have taken the time, the 5,000 people who brought us to that milestone and that mark. Big deal. Very, very grateful. All right. So Penny39 says, as a mid-20-something navigating dating and preparing for marriage, Shan providing tangible statistics and thoughtful conversations with Jade and Devin and Jared opened my eyes in ways to my own career dynamic and relationships. This episode was a refreshing launching pad for me to reimagine how I view true partnership. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know we're not supposed to, oh my God, it's just so beautiful. You just said it perfectly, Penny. I'm going to sit with this. I love it. Thank you. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment Shan Boudram. It is produced by Shan and Crazia Cruz with production support from Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on all of our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audio Boom and made possible by our incredible sponsors, who you can show some love to by reading the show notes. Thank you and see you next week.